Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast. This is Jared Chaffet and Artemis Brower. We're coming to you uh, for episode four of the Boneyard Podcast. We're really excited for today's episode. Um, we're, we really have a great guest. We're excited to bring that to you. Um, it's former ECU pitcher, um, St. Louis Cardinals. He's in the St. Louis Cardinals uh, minor league system, drafted uh, in the MLB draft. Evan Krasinski is going to be joining us later on on, on the mm-hmm. podcast. Artie, what, what did you think about that interview? Yeah, it was a really good interview. It was about a 40-minute interview. Um, he, you know, we, we talked about a lot. We covered a lot. Um, his time at ECU, everything that, you know, be, him being a part of that super regional team and the experiences that he had. So I, I think it's a really good interview. I'm very excited for people to be able to hear it. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was great. And we honestly would love to have him on again. Um, I think he's the first of many interviews that we're going to have here in the next few weeks and few months. Uh, but you know, very happy to have him as our first guest on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was a, that was a really fun interview that we, we did. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was the first interview we did as a, as a tandem. Um, I'm excited for the things that are to come. Um, but we'll we'll get into that interview a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll we'll bring that to you later on in the podcast. So stay tuned. Um, so let's start off by talking. Um, there was a national championship one this week. Already. There was. There was back to back. Mm-hmm. Back to back. Talk about it. Ninety six, ninety seven. Talk about it. Right. So we're proud to announce. Uh, sorry if if you haven't seen on Twitter. Um, Sup Dogs, the best bar in the country, um, best bar in the world, if you ask me. Can't deny it at this point. I mean, Sup Dogs is once again the best bar in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, already, I, I was asking some people, um, trying to drum up some votes uh, for them throughout mm-hmm. the week, what their what their favorite or what their order was at mm-hmm. at Sup Dogs, and I texted you about it, and I. I almost tweeted it out, but I, I didn't tweet it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Artie, let, let's hear it. The absolute go-to, and this is, this is you know, my biased opinion. I'm not saying this is your favorite. This is just my favorite. Definitely the Blackout Burger, all right, with the jalapenos and the chili and the slaw and all that. And then you got to have not just the tots, but you got to have the bacon cheese tots. Oh, yeah. With extra sup sauce. And a side of ranch. I want two sub sauces, and I want a <laughs> side of ranch with that as well. That's my absolute go-to. I've probably gotten that at least 30 times, maybe even more. I don't even know. I, I really don't know how many times I've gotten it. But every time I've gone to subs, blackout burgers, probably something I'm going to get. So that's my go-to order. You know, th- this is a question that we probably should have just asked Cruz earlier. Because mm-hmm. th- this would be the question that we ask everybody anytime they come on our podcast is, what is your sup dog's order? You know, I mean, that's that's one of the things. I'll, I'll give you mine. Uh, mine, cheesy bacon delight dog. Mm. Double the dog. Bacon <laughs> cheese fries <laughs> with two ranches and an extra sup sauce and orange sup crush. So you can't, you can't go wrong with the tots or the fries. It doesn't matter. No. You can't go. As long as it's bacon cheese tots or bacon cheese fries, you can't go wrong. Now, what, what's your go-to drink? Mmm, sup swirl, sup swirl, ooh, sup swirl. Trying to get that brain freeze. Yeah, yeah, that's the absolute. Either the, either the orange or the uh, what's the other one that, that, that they got? Is it grape? I think it's grape. I'm, I'm not exactly. You, sure. I, I'm, I'm an orange guy. You just go uh, for orange. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you heard me. I'm, I'm an orange sup crush. Okay. I, I'm yep. 
You, I'm gonna when I get the sup dogs, I'm gonna order three sup crushes. <laughs> and I'm gonna say, sir, there's only one of you, and I'm gonna say exactly a swirl and whatever beer they have like on tap on sale. Yeah. That's usually what I'm going for. The land shark with, mm-hmm. with the it's shot. Usually of, what I'm going for. Land shark with a shot of uh, shot of tequila in it. Absolutely. Uh, that that's that, that's a good that's a good one. Um, a VV shot, vulgar vagina shot, <laughs> another good shot. Uh, and then, how can you how can you go wrong with uh, mug night? We we went to Man. several mug nights in college and. I'll, I'll I'll say this mug night. You have to get creative. I mean, you can literally bring anything to put beer in. You have to get creative. I love mug night. What, what I, was the, I, I saw some of the craziest things in the world. What was the most creative? Oh that you saw? man, um, I saw somebody bring a fishbowl, like an actual fishbowl. The fishbowl was nice. What's what's that? Um, it's it's used for chemistry class. Like, it's, it's glass and it's like a beaker. I, I guess it's a beaker. I guess I guess you would call it a beaker. I don't know. I, I, but I, 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 I saw business. it. I saw it on Subdog's Instagram, and a girl brought in, a, 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 I guess, a beaker from chemistry class, and she filled it up. I, to me, that was the most creative. He's like, okay, I'd never thought to bring something I'd use in a in a science experiment to drink beer out of. So that to me was probably the most creative mug brought to mug night. What what I would do to have a sub crush right now or go to mm-hmm. mug night on Monday night, depending on when you're listening to this, we're recording on Sunday, but I mean, Monday nights, mug night, dollar beers. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't go wrong. And I mean, I saw a lot of people on social media saying that they're more of a restaurant. They're not a bar. And I was saying, no, no, like, yes, they serve food. The food's the, excellent. The food is Understand delicious. that. The food is excellent, but it, they are most definitely a bar. If you're not going, it, so, yeah, I would like to like anytime I had somebody in, fit, in town. If I had family visiting, I, one of my favorite pictures, and I'll, I'll try to put it up on our Instagram page later. I'll have to go through and find it. One of my favorite pictures is me and my grandmother at like two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> drinking a beer. Like that's one of the, my all time favorite pictures of mm-hmm. my time at ECU. Um, yeah, that's. I mean that 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 was a fun place to hang out. Whether it was two o'clock in the afternoon, if you're getting lunch, you're getting. Um, just trying to get a drink in before mm-hmm. maybe going off um, to the to the bars or going even if you're going to the library. There was plenty of times where I was hanging out at Sup Dogs saying, "Okay, I'm going to the library after this. I just want to get something in me so I can kind of get through that." And and I will I will say this: in 2013, as a freshman, when I came to ECU, you know, when I when I went around and I asked all the people, "What do I need to eat?" at East Carolina University. And there was, it was three restaurants that, from what I heard, you had Chico's, you had Subdogs, you had Parker's. Mm-hmm. Those were kind of the three staples that people told me about. And the first time I went to Subs in 2013, it was a step above a hole in the wall. You know what yeah. I mean? It didn't, it didn't have all everything that it has now. And so to see the growth of Subdogs experience from 2013 to now, it, like you just said, it, it is an experience. Going to Subdogs is a full-on experience. I mean, they got a two-story deck. It's it's great in there. The waitresses are absolutely phenomenal. The cooks are funny. The owner is great. I mean, Sup Dogs, if you haven't been to ECU, if you do go to ECU, you ever visit ECU, it is absolutely one of the top spots you have to go to. They've single-handedly almost put our university 
on a national stage as far as, you know, name recognition. So, uh, ju- ju- I mean, just to see the growth from 2013 to now of Sup Dogs has just been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Sup Dogs. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I have to go every time I'm in town. There's, there's a couple of restaurants I have to hit, mm-hmm. and that's always one of them. Mm-hmm. I, as soon as I get in town, drop my bags wherever I'm staying, that's my first my first stop is probably going to UBE and then heading over to mm-hmm. subs yep. um, or vice versa, mm-hmm. um, depending on what time of day it is. I mean, I, I love going, getting, getting some food, getting a couple drinks. Um, and then going to hang out with the boys, going to hang out with some friends, right? Um, down in Greenville, but yeah, congratulations, Sup Dog. So back to back, baby. We're, Congrats. We're, we're proud to. We're proud to. Um, we're proud of y'all. It's a great story. Um, if you if you haven't if you haven't seen or actually know the story, then I suggest you. Uh, it's somewhere on social media. We'll mm-hmm. we'll try to retweet it from from our account. But um, we suggest and, you, you know, up on it. Side note, we like our little brother in Chapel Hill, too. I say little brother in Chapel Hill. The sub dogs in Chapel Hill. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll throw them some love, too. They're, they're good. I, <laughs> I, have, I haven't been to that one yet. I, I, need, I need to get down there. Um, it, it's a little bit closer to us than the Greenville mm-hmm. one. We, mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know, we, we record in Greensboro. Um, so, it's a little bit of a drive for us to get down to Greenville. But um, we're... we're we we love our sub dogs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, very proud of what they've done. Brett, we'd love to have you on. Talk about the championship. Um, talk about the bar, um, and talk about have starting to get one down here mm-hmm. in Greensboro, Winston Salem area. Um, that that would be a Wake Forest subs. That would be something wake, nice. A UNCG subs. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, moving on. Um, we've had a little bit of news over the last week, Artie. Mm-hmm. Um, just I think it was on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We had the NCAA decided that schools or that spring athletes would be granted an extra year mm-hmm. of eligibility. Um, Artie, what what have you heard? What have you what have you seen on this? Well, you know, to, to me, it was a no brainer. Um, you know, the NCAA was discussing it for a few weeks, and they and you know we were talking about it. And obviously, you know, it had to go to a vote, and they had you know a lot of litigation and things had to happen. In order for this thing to happen, uh, but but for me it was a no brainer. Um, these kids were robbed of their senior year. You know, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the seniors. You know, because everybody else has a chance to come back. Um, but specifically the seniors, they got robbed of their final moment. They got robbed of their chance to, you know, fully display their talents. You know, maybe some were going to the pros, maybe some weren't. Even for those that knew they weren't going to the pros, this was their last chance to really be a part of a team, to really be a part of a sisterhood or a brotherhood. And so for me, um, it was a no-brainer for the NCAA to, to, to pass this and allow them to come back for another season, allow them, you know, another year of eligibility. Um, you know, last week, I, you know, I said the NCAA kind of is always late to the party. I still stand by that. I, I got a text about a comment that you made about NCAA being a pimp. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest text. What did it say? It, it just said, in quotation marks, NCAA is a pimp. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I reached out to some people asking them what they thought about the episode. That, that's the that's the. Well, I'm happy. I'm the happy they were able to take that away. Um, you know, I, look, the NCAA has done a lot of things wrong, but I will go to bat for them on this. They did this right. 
Um, yep. and, and, you know, I, I, I think it's a great thing and I think it's a great opportunity for kids to come back and to showcase their talents for another, for, for, for another year. So, yeah. and one of the things that, I mean, one, one of the things that we're seeing, um, now is that it's up to the university, whether they want to, like, they're going to, they can have the kids come back, mm-hmm. but are they going to give them a, an extra year of scholarship? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing we're looking at now. You I noticed there was recruits one, coming in. How does that affect? I mean, the, the those, scholarships coming in. Do you have less scholarships? Do you? I so mean, what's, what's going to happen with that? The, basically, what they've done is they've said um, there's an exemption on how many scholarships you can give mm-hmm. um, for next year. So that so what's going to happen is you're going to have the seniors or the super seniors. Mm-hmm. They'll have an extra year of eligibility, but it's up to the university. It's up to the athletic program on whether they want to give those seniors that do decide to come back mm-hmm. that extra scholarship year. Right. If they want to pay for them to come back. And which is which is a very big deal because that that's a difference of being able to play for free pretty much and having to kind of pay your way. Yeah. So and um I, I can't remember I saw it somewhere. I believe it's gonna cost an, about a three hundred and fifty thousand dollars um for ECU if all seniors from all sports do decide to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, that's not a, that's not a little bit of change. That That's a no. big chunk. No, that's a big chunk. Um, but I mean, you've got, it's kind of now become the controversy is okay. Well, I, I saw, I can't remember which power conference it is, but one of the power conferences is saying, well, we're not going to allow them, allow our schools to give those students an extra, scholarship an extra year mm-hmm. on their scholarship mm-hmm. and that that's because only maybe one or two schools in their conference can't do it well at that rate <laughs> that goes into don't get i'm not going to get on a soapbox y'all but <laughs> at the same time that's the whole thing about the power five and group of five mm-hmm. or the power six and group of four whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. i i prefer to go with the power six because i believe the american is a power six conference i would agree with you but the I mean, it's it's money. So you've got this one this one conference saying, "Oh no, like this one school can't afford it, so we're gonna make every school not be able to do this." But, but you see, the conference can afford it. Yeah, the so, school might not be able to afford it, but the conference can. So it boils down to: Do you actually think that these kids deserve and have earned an extra year of eligibility? Yeah. If the conference agrees with that, then they'll pay the way. If not, they want to save a few extra dollars. They want to save some money, which is what most of the time they do. They'll deny them that. But if I, I, I'm going to say this right now, I mean, if any program, I mean, it's up to them, but it, it would be a real disservice to their student athletes mm-hmm. if they don't give scholarships to those athletes mm-hmm. that come back an extra year. I mean, it, that that would be a, a true disservice to them. And um, I can see that hurting recruiting for that yeah. particular school or conference or whatever in the long run because you have kids say, okay, yeah, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take care of your athletes when this was happening. Why would I go here if, if, you, if I know at the end of the day you're not going to take care of me? Yes, um, that's, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is mm-hmm. You're, you're going to start to see – this is going to have some effects, and we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. This is going to have some effects on down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's in recruiting, whether it's 
and conference realignment, things like that. This is gonna this is gonna shake up some things throughout NCAA, mm-hmm. throughout um, that whole organization. Um, I don't, I don't really know if it's or, an organization if it's that disorganized like right. it usually is, but um, but yeah, I mean this is gonna be a, a an interesting time that we we're moving into over the next couple years in college sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially at least in spring sports, but um, I, I really do think it would be a true disservice mm-hmm. if they don't give those athletes a, an extra year on the first scholarship. And, you know, once people get past a monetary loss, you know, it's like, okay, understand that there's going to be financial loss. We, we haven't faced anything like this before. There's going to be financial loss in this. Once you grasp that and understand that, then you get down to what is, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing the right thing as far as our student athletes? And I think if you answer that question correctly, you'll say, yes, they deserve to come back and play another year. Yes, we deserve to pay their way and grant them those scholarships because that's what they've earned. Because, like I said before, they were robbed of their final season. It's not like they chose not to play their final season. They didn't have a choice. So that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's um, it's gonna be a tough time for all involved, but uh, I'm I'm excited to see that this may be an opportunity for the NCAA. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's an opportunity for them to save face. Yeah, for once, to save face. And will they do it or not? We don't know. They haven't done it in the past, so yeah, we'll see. Ho- hopefully, they can ride this momentum of making one good decision mm-hmm. into following good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um and Dang it, I want my NCAA 21 football game. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, that's, I mean, that all jokes aside, I, hopefully this will be a good way for for us to move on with the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, so, Artie, um, like we mentioned earlier, we have a awesome guest coming on. Um, Evan Krasinski, absolutely. Um, former pitcher for East Carolina. He, now he's in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Um, he's pitching in AAA. Um, I mean, really, really great guy to talk to. Absolutely, great conversation. You know, I, di- I didn't think that the conversation was going to last that long, but we're having such a good conversation. Um, it went, it went a little over forty minutes. You know, yeah. so it was, it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, if you don't know who Evan Krasinski is. Um, you know, 24-7 Sports has him on the all-decade team from 2010 to 2020 at ECU. He's one of the all-time greats um, and had he to not, ever suit up for ECU. And so. had he not gotten injured his senior year, I mean, he he probably would have had even, even better numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really excited to have him on. Um, with that, Artie, why don't you say we, uh, why don't we go to that interview now? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So without further ado, here is our interview with Evan Krasinski. Okay, so today we're pleased to be joined by a former ECU pitcher. He was a three-year starting pitcher at East Carolina University. He went 20-8 and with 46 appearances, drafted in the ninth round by the St. Louis Cardinals in the MLB draft. And he's currently a pitcher for the AAA affiliate of the Cardinals, the Memphis Redbirds. How's it going, Evan Krasinski? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, uh, let, 
how, how is everything going right now? I know everything's kind of hectic uh, in, in the sports world. How, how's it going for you, um, Cruz? Yeah, it's crazy times. I was uh, talking to my dad the other day. It's the first time I've been home during the springtime in seven years since uh, high school. So mm. it's different for me being home. Uh, I forgot how cold it was still in April <laughs> in Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an adjustment for everybody. I mean, not just athletes, but the whole world. I mean, it's just crazy times. And, I mean, we're doing what we need to do to get through this and just knock this thing out so we can move on with our lives. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so you're back home in Wisconsin. I know you said it's uh, it's cold there. What, what are you doing to kind of stay in shape, uh, still prepare for the season? Yeah, um, I mean, you got to take advantage of this time for sure. Uh, I have uh, access to a gym, so I'm throwing every day, working out five days a week. So staying active, staying baseball ready, but at the same time, kind of just enjoying this time with family because it's not too often you get, you know, this you, you report for spring training there for two months and you come back home and get to spend more time with family so taking advantage of both aspects of it um but no i'm kind of starting to treat it like uh like spring training still going on um mm -hmm. in, in contact with a couple of catchers so i'm throwing bullpens and just keep my body ready for whenever uh hopefully we figure this thing out yeah definitely and uh so how was spring going before all this kind of went down was it was it going all right for you yeah uh, i appeared in two outings uh threw an inning and two-thirds scoreless in the big league game so that was that was nice to not give up a run um but it was just learning a lot um taking advantage of just being around those guys and um my second year doing it so i kind of had a better understanding of how to go about my business and it was awesome um was learning a lot and Honestly, uh, the stuff I learned, I could take with me back home right now and kind of treat it like a mini offseason and put my work in on my own to you know, just better my game. But that was crazy. Uh, no, I didn't get sent down. I was still in big league camp when we were actually walking out to the field and we kind of heard some rumors that it was going to get shut down and played the game, came inside and saw the thing that spring training was canceled. Five days later, I was in my car, packed up, driving back to Wisconsin. Wow, that's yeah. That that is that that must be some drive. But wow, that that's a that, that's a story of the times that we're living in. Hey Evan, this is uh, this is Artie here, man. What kind of what kind of routine would you say has been thrown off the most because of this entire pandemic? Like, you, like a routine that you would have like be going through right now. That's like your regular routine that's just been thrown off by this whole thing. I mean, right now I'd be scrambling. Uh, hopefully in Memphis, but maybe in Springfield. But we uh, we report. We were to report it two days ago, and then they give you three days to find somewhere to live. So uh, would have been uh, hectic times right now. So just to avoid that. But no, we we uh, we would be reported. We spring training would be over, which is hard to think of because it feels so far from that. Um, actually, playing a game opening day would be in four days. So we'd uh, be getting acclimated in the city. Uh, looking ahead to scout reports, schedules, seeing who we were facing, what kind of flights we'd be on, and um, you know, just the final prep to to get ready for the season. So it's it's crazy to think that <clears throat> we'd be uh, playing a game here in four days. But um, hopefully, hopefully, right now I would be looking for a uh, apartment in Memphis. But who knows? Yeah. So. Um...
Yeah, that that's insane how how everything's kind of just changed over the last several several weeks, um, especially in your life. I'm I'm sure. Um, but let's let's take a look a little bit. Um, let's start from the beginning. Your your time at ECU, right? Um, how how was that recruiting process for you coming from Wisconsin, coming down to ECU? What, what was that like? Um, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, parents weren't athletes. Uh, I played three sports: like football, basketball, baseball, and uh, it wasn't until like my sophomore year where my travel ball coach was like, "Hey, you got a chance to play college baseball." I was like, "Oh wow, I'll go to the D three in Wisconsin area because we have one D one school and it's UW Milwaukee, who actually played at ECU um, that year, my sophomore year of high school." And um, and D three is a big thing up here. Uh, we don't have D one really opportunities. So we have a bunch of good D three powerhouses, so to say. So. Oh, that'd be cool. And then things kind of sped up. And the first thing I said to myself was, I'm getting out of the cold. Uh, <laughs> I eliminated uh, a lot of teams in the north. I thanked them for recruiting me, but I wanted to go down south. And uh, Billy Godwin and uh, was Nick Schnabel at the time. Uh, they reached out. I pitched, pitched pretty well down in Florida and was visiting two weekends later, fell in love with the place and committed uh, – to Billy, actually, while I was on a visit at ECU, so it was, uh, I mean, I knew very little about the school, I mean, obviously, I knew David Gerard and Gerard and uh, Chris Johnson went there, but knew nothing about the baseball program, um, Billy and Nick did a pretty good job of selling it, and it was the best decision I ever made. That, that's great to hear, and I mean, I know East, I know ECU, I know Pirate Nation is proud to call you one of our own, and um, we're, gl- we're glad you're a pirate. So um, that, that kind of leads into my next question. What what does it mean to you now that now that you've had a couple years in pro ball? What does it mean to you to be a pirate? What What's it mean to you now that you're kind of growing and you're you're seeing how things are when you're getting paid? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's awesome, uh, especially if, like when I first got drafted. Um, they're like, oh, where'd you get drafted from? It was East Carolina. They're like, oh, okay, where's that? Is that D1? All that? And it's like, wow. it, was a little, it was a little insulting. And then uh, to see what they're doing now, and we'll be in a clubhouse, and ESPN will be on in May and or June, and someone's like, oh, wow, ECU's hosting a regional. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you guys are good. And, yeah, it's, it's prideful to see where the program's taken off. And um, just to say I went to ECU, it kind of, it, it definitely means something now and kind of to be on that first team to turn it around was uh it's, it's special to see where it's where it's headed uh it's definitely headed in one direction and that's up and it's friendships that i've will hold on to for the rest of my life i mean just the other day we had a quarantine uh zoom call actually with all the boys so we get to catch up with all of them and see those guys but i mean the weddings we went to a car I went to Garrett Brooks's wedding oh wow uh in September so we got to see all those guys but now ECU was a special place and I'm so thankful that I was given the opportunity to play there and I made the right decision yeah and that that kind of leads to, to my question you know being a part of that first super regional team at East Carolina I mean how 
how do you think that affected the program and, and kind of changed the program going forward? You know, because we had gone to regionals and you know, ECU baseball has such a, you know, story tradition. Uh, but to be a part of that first super regional team that got right on the cusp of getting right there to the College World, World Series, um, how do you think that that, you know, kind of changed the culture of ECU baseball? Yeah, I mean, you got to give all the credit to uh, Coach God, Coach Cliff Godwin. Um, he came in and that was the uh, scariest fall I've ever been a part of in my entire life. Uh, it was uh, just just uh, a chopping block, essentially, just trying to thin out the players, the guys who didn't want to be there, who didn't want to be a part of the new culture. And I think we went into that season with a 26-man roster my yeah. sophomore year um, in 2015 which is unheard of to have a 26-man roster. And I think we had four bullpen arms. And for us to make a regional that year, it was uh, win 40 games, win the conference tournament. That was uh, kind of opened everybody's eyes. Like, man, we, we can do this. We can compete with the best. And then when we returned all those guys for, for 2016, the uh, super regional year, you know, it, the regular season didn't go as smoothly as it did the year before. We were uh, hitting some rough patches. We went two and out in the conference tournament, but that's just the the culture that TG installed in us, and we, we never backed down. We weren't afraid of anybody. We thought we were tougher than everybody. We might we might not have. I mean, we might have lost the fight, but um, we <laughs> thought we were tougher than everybody, and that uh, was a big reason why when we went to Texas Tech that year, we were able to take game one. And I actually played with a guy uh, this past two seasons who was on that Texas Tech team. And he said on uh, on Saturday after we beat them on Friday night, they weren't speaking much in the locker room. They were on their heels. And to think we were uh, that close from getting there, it's tough to think about. But um, now that we've put it behind us, it was, uh, it was definitely a special year. Yeah, I mean, just one of the great teams in ECU baseball history, so. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, and we weren't the most talented. That's, that's the thing. Uh, we, we didn't have a lot of depth. Um, we weren't we weren't the most talented team, but we all believed in each other. We loved each other. We were great teammates. We had a great coaching staff, and we just out there we went out there and had fun. And, and that that's one of the things I, I've noticed from all of Cliff Godwin's teams is they they sometimes they may not be the most talented. Um, lately, they have been some very talented teams, but um, it's a team that has a ton of heart. It's a team that's gonna scratch and claw all the way to the top and fight to get there the whole way. So um, th that's been something special to watch over the last couple years um, under, under Cliff's reign. Um, so, yeah, so thinking about – I know that 2016 run is – it's a memorable time. Is there a time at ECU that was your most memorable? What's your most memorable time from – from playing for the Pirates? Yeah, I mean, it had to be 2016. Just that, that Charlottesville Regional, um, you know, they kicked our ass. I don't know if I can say that on here, but. Yeah, the, yeah you can say years, that, yeah. Uh, cool, yeah. They kicked our ass the two years prior to that. And, I mean, that, that season we went there, I think it was the second weekend, and we took two or three. But I didn't pitch well, so that was kind of like, I was chomping at the bit to go back out there. I didn't care who I pitched against that regional. I just wanted to get on that field and throw the ball well. And, uh, you know, it was, it was time to give them some payback. And I think they won the World Series the year before. So 
um, for us to go there, down there and win game one against Bryant, who their starting pitcher, James Karinczyk, is uh, a pretty good arm. He actually made his debut, I think, last year with the Indians. Yep. So our offense beat a good arm. And then uh, that, that UVA game is – I've probably watched Travis's home run over 150 times just on playback. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if I'm feeling down, I'll just go watch that video because it gives me goosebumps every time. Just being down, whatever it was, six to three going into that inning, and for us to win that game, eight to six. I mean, you would have to be in that dugout to see everyone's face, and there was not a single step back when that ninth inning started. Everyone, it was weird. It was just a weird feeling that everyone knew that something special was about to happen, and for Travis to finish it off the way he did, it was uh, the greatest that- experience I've had at ECU. Yeah, that that was watching that whole that ninth inning. I remember I I think I was I think I was at the beach yeah. with, with my with my family and we we were watching the game and my my uncle he's like Jared let's let's turn it off like the game's over and I said I said no nah, like we're we're gonna we're gonna watch this game this game's not over by any means and Travis Watkins who I mean the guy I mean he he homered what two or three times in that regional. Um, yeah, and, and then carried it right into Texas Tech. And that that home run, just watching it, watching the UVA players walk off the field, watching uh, watching kind of the mayhem ensue around home plate, it was, it was definitely um, an exciting time. I, I, it was probably the most exciting moment I've ever seen and maybe of all time at ECU. One of, yeah, one of, one of the best ECU sports moments I, I have ever witnessed. I was in Atlantic City at the time celebrating a friend's birthday, and I just remember having 12 guys crammed into this little small hotel room just watching this game because we just couldn't – we couldn't couldn't leave. We had, to, we had to stay till the end. We had to watch it, and it was absolutely incredible seeing Travis hit that, that three-run homer and, 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 you know, for us to win that game. It was, it was awesome. So – yeah, that inning just happened so fast. I mean, it was base hit after base hit, bunted the guy over just to get two guys in scoring position for Travis. And when that ball went up in the air, we knew we'd have the game tied. But when it left, I mean, it was mayhem. And to hear, I mean, that's this is the ECU effect. I mean, to, I will never forget the ECU chant we had going because at the start of the ninth inning, the whole stadium starts chanting UVA, UVA. And we could hear our fans sitting above our dugout start to like, we didn't have as many fans, not nearly as many fans as UVA fans, but they were just as loud chanting ECU. And then when they we hit the walk-off and they were all silent and our fans started that ECU chant. I mean, that's, that you, gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. You knew that you had them at that moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a weird feeling. I mean, we started that inning and Coach Gowan didn't have to give us a speech. It was just like, we all looked at each other like, man, we got this. Like, we're not out of this game. We're a good inning away that we've had multiple times that season. That we just need to string them together and put up a crooked number. And I mean, it was, it was something special. Is that the uh, most intense atmosphere that you've ever been a part of in, in a game? I go, to, I go to bed here in Raider Nation from the following weekend. Or what is it? Raider Power or something like that. I think it's Raider mm-hmm. Power. Uh, I go to bed hearing that in my in my head all the time. I mean, that Texas Tech 
super regional. Mm-hmm. We got there and they're all friendly with us. And oh, that's all right. Yeah, thanks for coming. Sorry, your season's gonna have to end here. Blah blah. blah. We come out, we punch them in the mouth, and they were just ruthless. It was all all fun and games, but it's like, oh man, these guys come to play. And that's when you start hearing the chirping. And I remember giving up the home run to uh, the second baseman, and that's the Raider power. Raider just half of the we similar to our purple gold half stadium half. I'm just hearing it. I couldn't even hear my own thoughts because of how loud that stadium was. And that's what you go to college for. Um, well, you go to college to host the Super Regionals, but you go to college to play in Super Regionals. And mm-hmm. to be in that atmosphere, I mean, it was uh, it was crazy. It felt like a college football game. Yeah, definitely. And to be 90 feet away, I, I know some people will cringe when I – when I say that, I mean, that that was a tough blow to be 90 feet away from going to Omaha and uh, taking the 23 and hopefully retiring it. But um, that that was such a high and then such a low. But um, it, it was a great run. It was a great experience for all of Pirate Nation. And I'm, I'm sure that um, it, it was a time for you to really grow as an athlete. Um, is there anything else from your time at ECU? Like, I know you said you still talk to some of the guys. What, what's one of the guys that uh, maybe you talk to the most? Who, who do you talk to the most still from the team? Uh, Bryce Harmon. I probably talk to that guy every day. He was my <laughs> roommate for uh, three years. I don't know how um, uh, whatever Fire Nation sits with him. I know he wanted to produce more, but Bryce Harmon is one of the nicest guys in the business i mean i don't know if you guys know but he's a scout now in major league baseball so he's yep. scouting for the uh phillies and he's just one of the most one of the better dudes out there i mean if you need anything from him he's always there for you and both of us still being in baseball i talk to him every day hey what you got on this what's new like what do you got from a scout standpoint what are you looking for and just being able to have that kind of friendship um uh, my guy i uh don't know how to do that. Yeah, one of the one of the moments I remember most from Bryce Harmon, I, I believe it was. Correct me if I was if I'm wrong. I think it was against Tulane, when there was there was some kind of skirmish on, on the field. <laughs> Benches cleared into almost into the first base dugout. Uh, yeah, I was, I was. I was senior year at home, and I was not happy because that was right when I came off of my broken leg and. Uh, I'm just trying to get out there. I mean, we're, we were kicking their ass, and it was a blowout game. And I think we laid down a bunt um, up like six or seven. Their third <laughs> baseman, their third baseman didn't like it. Their coaches didn't like it. Nobody liked it. The CG and their coach were going at it. And we ended up, they ended up getting out of the inning or whatever. And Bryce goes over to first base. And as he's running over there, their coach starts chirping him. And what do you know? There's just, and all out, both benches clear. I'm just standing on the mound. Like, oh, man, these guys are going to be locked in this inning. I think I gave up like four straight hits to start the inning. And CG came and pulled the ball. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, how do you let them, your emotions get the best of you? My emotions. I was like, these guys, <laughs> were, pissed. These guys were pissed off. Hey, I, mean, I was just facing Sam Yankees that inning because they were all just dialed in and ready to rock. But no, that was uh, I mean, but that's Bryce for you. He, he'll defend 
he'll defend his two teammates. He'll defend his coaches. He's a he's a gamer. I mean, he, he always had your back. Yeah, and I know last year we had the most guys drafted. Uh, have you reached out to any of them? Have you talked to any of them? Um, kind of coached them through the process or talked to them? Yeah, I talked to I talked to Jake Agnos every now and then. Um, I mean, I don't need to talk to him much. That guy's got it figured. <laughs> I wish I had his fastball. Um, but I'm, I, I talked to him because he was a freshman. He actually filled the night I broke my leg. That was the night he came in and kind of had his little coming out party. I think he punched out like 11 or something like that. And um, Spencer Brickhouse played with him too. A uh, great player. I haven't really talked to him much, but I still keep in touch with Washer Packard, Dewanye, uh Chris Hobo, obviously, he's in the Cardinals system, so I was just with him a lot during spring training. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Washer, Volvo. Um, I talk to all those guys every every now and then, but um, it's crazy stuff. I mean, none of them are, are playing now. We're all back home, so. Yeah. And uh, so going on, um, talking about you going into the minors, going into the pro ball, um, what was the first time or the first moment where you were like, damn, I, I'm starting to make it. I'm, I'm, I'm chase, still chasing my dream. And uh, what, what was that first moment for you? Oh, man. I don't even, couldn't even tell you. Um, <laughs> you know, when I, it was also surreal when I got drafted. I mean, I grew up a Brewers fan. And uh, I didn't even have the Cardinals number saved in my phone. And the guy texted me and said, hey, we're going to take, we're going to draft you this round. I said, I'm sorry, but I don't have your number. He was, just, <laughs> he was like, oh, it's TC Calhoun with the Cardinals. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and I hear my name get called and my dad being down there. Um, a special moment that I'll never forget. Um, and then that night actually being in Greenville still and with all the guys, we obviously didn't end our senior year the way we wanted to, but a bunch of us stayed until the draft and we were all celebrating. Got to uh, go out for one last night at the bars and just spend one last uh, little hurrah together as a as a team as college teammates so that was kind of a special moment where it was like man I'm, I'm going to play pro ball and then uh just getting there first first outing I mean it was low a but it felt like the big leagues to me just because you work your whole life just to for the opportunity and now to make it to triple a and be right on the brink it's you'd think it's time to like really feel it but in my in my way, it's the uh, complete opposite. It's like, man, I'm so close. Let's not let's not waste this. Let's put in some more work and figure out a way to get to the top. Something uh, something away from the mound. What would what would you say is your greatest ECU memory off the off the baseball field? Just a just a great memory of Ooh, East, good East question. Carolina. It'd have to be the. Uh, Seventy-point game against UNC football. Absolutely, um, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, I, I actually, for my first three years, went to every home game and tried my best to to make it through all four quarters. I, I, I just love football. I love football and basketball. It's always tougher to make it to basketball games because that was usually when we were cranking up for our season. But, <clears throat> um, that that game against UNC was. That was that was some fun times. Uh, Absolutely. Watching Carden swing that thing around the field, and all the weapons he had at wide out. That was uh, 
I think that's probably my most non-baseball best memory, I should say. Yeah, we were we were all three in the building yeah. that day, and I can say that was definitely one of the greatest sports memories I have in in, in my mind. To be honest with you, love yeah, that, was... that entire scene and and the the backdrop. You know when that when that game was finished with the the purple haze clouds and the and the, the scenery, it was just it was it was crazy. So yeah, yeah, I I gotta say like that that that's definitely a we'll we'll get to Mount Rushmore here in a little bit, but. I mean, that's definitely one of my all-time moments at ECU. If that's a moment on a Mount Rushmore, that's one of them by, by far. Um, so we're kind of going off that. Where'd you go to celebrate that night? <laughs> I can barely remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. <laughs> I'm sure I went somewhere, but I think I was only a sophomore, so. Okay. Kind of, uh, I think I would have had some X's on my hand, so okay. I probably had to spend a lot of time at some house on the grid before I uh, made the trek downtown. Yeah, definitely. We we know all about that. Um, so yeah, Artie, do you have any other questions about ECU? All right. So, um, going back to the minors, what what's the coolest experience so far? Like, I, I I've heard stories of these guys that they'll have guys come down for rehab stance or or what have you um is there a moment that stands out in the minors that's just like wow like this this is actually happening yeah I mean last year I was having a pretty tough year um wasn't throwing the ball well <clears throat> just couldn't string together good starts I'd have a good start bad start good start bad start and I was uh back in double a and Yadier Molina was sent down for a rehab start and uh, was given the opportunity to start a game with him catching. Uh, wow. My best start of the year, punched out 11, went uh, six innings and got a win. But it was just, I mean, everything, just playing catch with him before the game, the pregame bullpen, talking to him about signs second base and just seeing how he went about his business, how he called the game, how he game planned. And I actually uh, got to face him a good bit in spring training the prior year. So he, he knew what I was going to throw. He knew what I had. But just giving the opportunity to throw to a future Hall of Famer was uh, was something pretty special. But, um, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, facing Miguel Cabrera last year in spring training, that's pretty cool. Um, just guys you grew up watching. And then actually getting to compete against them, it's, uh, definitely something I don't take for granted. Definitely. That, that That's really cool. I mean, just to think about, like, I mean, this guy, I, I, I'm a Braves fan, so last year was kind of rough on us that yeah. 12, 10 run inning, whatever it was in the first, uh, and then his, yeah. his insane bat flip that he had that landed in right field. I mean, but I, I mean, I got, I got to give mad respect to, to him and um I'm, I'm i'm excited to see where your career is going um so that leads us into the next topic what do you have any other questions already I'm good. so one question that we're going to start asking you're our first guest right so one of the first one of the questions we want to ask every guest is for them to give a mount rushmore we're also doing kind of a series since there's really nothing else to talk about um so yeah so we're we're doing our mount rushmore 
of ECU baseball on today's podcast. Okay. So uh, I'd, I'd like to get yours, um, seeing as how I'm sure you're on several people's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but I mean, you don't, you almost have to start with uh, Coach LeClaire. I mean, he's the reason ECU baseball is even on the map. Um, you know, being able to play for Coach Godwin and basically getting the first-hand experience playing for him. And he learned almost all of his coaching skills from Coach LeClaire. I mean, he says it all the time. He wears 23 for a reason. Uh, he just instilled toughness in all those guys. And that was the original putting ECU, ECU baseball on the map was um, when Coach Claire was up the helm and CG was on the team with all those – with John Williamson, Chad Tracy, all, all of those guys that were able to actually come back and speak to us. So he would have to be at the at the forefront of the uh, Mount Rushmore. But I kind of broke it the rest of the three down from a pitcher, position player, and then uh, I'd say heroics. Uh, the pitcher would have to be Seth Manus. I mean, if you yeah. look at his track record, what he did at ECU, can't tell you exact stats because I'm not a stats guru, but I mean, the guy's a legend. And last year was pretty cool. I actually got to start a game against him. He was with uh, Nashville. I got to start a game against Nashville, and he started for them. So I was actually able to meet him the next day, first time I've ever met him. And great guy. was had a great conversation. And Coach Rozell, our pitching coach, would just – rave about him how he competed like no other and every night he took the, he took the bump that they were confident in him winning so he would have to be the pitcher um position player would have to be chad tracy uh not only what he did at ecu and uh for coach Claire, but also his big league track record i was actually crazy story i was actually at his major league debut and i had wow. no idea i was there but it was in milwaukee and the only reason I remember is because Brooks Kieschnick, a uh, relief pitcher for the Brewers, hit a walk-off home run. He pinch hit and hit a walk. So I knew I was at that game, obviously, because it's not too often a relief pitcher comes in and hits and hits a walk-off home run. He was actually telling us that story about his debut, and I was like, man, I was at that game. And I had to come up to him after him and say, man, I was at your debut. Oh, that, that's, and, uh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. I was, I was actually at Seth Manis' debut in Milwaukee and Chad Tracy, so. Wow. Small world, yeah. And then um, so hopefully I can debut in Milwaukee, too. That'd be uh, pretty special. But uh, he, uh, the heroics would have to be Travis Watkins. Uh, he'd have to be on that Mount Rushmore just from what he did in 2016 in the Charlottesville Regional to uh, the Super Regional where he hit the Grand Slam and the two-run shot to basically lead us to victory in game one. That little stretch he went on and you know, what was not so, you know, recognizable to someone in the stands was how he commanded a pitching staff. I mean, geez, we, I mean, it was to think that our starting rotation on the weekend that year was me, Jimmy Boyd, and, and Jacob Wolf. I mean, we weren't the most talented guys, but I mean, the way Travis handled us and was able to uh, keep keep us composed and get us to the ball games. I know Coach Rizal did all the pitch calling, but, uh, Travis did a great job of keeping us composed that year and you know, getting us to that point. Wow, that yeah, those are those are four great guys to have, and I think there's some overlap. Yeah, I think we got Travis on all of our lists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we we've all kind of 
Artie and I talked before hopping on this call with you. And, uh, yeah, Travis Watkins, I think, is mm-hmm. um, just for – I mean – just the heroics. The the heroics, and I mean he. I mean he's an all around great guy. I'm. I've met him a couple of times. I, I tried to get him. I, I doubt anybody else knows this, but I, I talked to him one time, and I was like, "Hey, Travis, like, I I think somebody tried to like truck him at home plate or something." Okay. And I was like, "Travis, like you just dropped this guy. Like you you should go by truck. Like yeah. I was trying to get the nickname truck to stick, but it never it never did." But uh, that, that was something that every time he would come up, I'd be like, that's truck, that's truck. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, Artie, what, what's your Mount Rushmore? Uh, mine, obviously, you know, I got, I got Travis Watkins on there um, for his heroics. Uh, Bill Holland, uh, went with a historic guy just because he was the first ever ECU baseball player uh, to get drafted into the pros. Only played three games in the pros for the Washington <laughs> Senators in 1939. Wow. You did your research. Uh, I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I feel like I had to put him on there because he was the first to do it. Um, I got Jeff Hoffman uh, on there just because he's the highest draft picked you know, in ECU history as far as any sport across the board. He went ninth overall to the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. So I got him on there. Uh, very consistent player at his time in ECU. Um, and then my, my last guy is a guy who's still playing, uh, Alan Burleson, who, you know, All-American as a sophomore, uh, play for Team USA in the summer, you know, sky's the limit for that kid. So I, I, I think he can be one of the all-time greats at East Carolina, 6-2 and two as a starter, as a pitcher. So uh, that's my Mount Rushmore. Those are, those, are, those are my four guys as of right now. Okay, yeah. Um, so once again, those are, those are four great guys. I, I kind of went a little bit different. Um, I, I had Keith LeClaire, um, kind of like what you said, Cruz, I, I mean, I, I had him for all that he means to ECU, that name, that number. I mean, that 23, I, I mean, I was talking to Artie about this. There's several coaches around NCAA baseball that wear 23 in honor of Keith LeClaire. Um, he, he's a very special part person to East Carolina baseball, but um, not only that, but to Greenville and ECU as a whole. Um, he kind of, he kind of represented everything that ECU is is known for. Um, I also I had another coach on there, Coach Coach O Gary Overton, uh, most winningest coach of all time at ECU. I, I thought that was, um, I thought he needed to be on there. He, he was a little bit before Coach Claire, but um, I, I think you got to give credit where credits due, um, and then. I also, I mean, I also went with somebody that's in the majors now or has been in the majors, um, Sean Armstrong. Uh, that guy, I mean, he, he hasn't had the most illustrious career. He hasn't um, done all these crazy things. But, I mean, just to see him and, I mean, he's consistently be, been in the majors um, in and out over the last three or four years. So, I mean, that I, I like to see that. I remember watching him pitch against um, the Braves here recently probably two years ago. And I was like, wow, like that guy went to ECU. Like that, that's really cool. Um, and then lastly, I think uh, going to be one of the best position players to make it to the pros of all time besides Chad Tracy. I, I'm going to say um, Bryant Packard. I mean, that, that guy 
I, I think he's I think he's a freak of nature. Um, seeing some of the, some of the balls that he sent, I saw him one time hit a ball onto the practice field, the practice football field, and I was like, wow, like this guy's gonna be a stud. And I think at that time it was just a sophomore um, taking BP, and I, I, I thought I thought that was insane. So those those are my four. And I and I will say Seth uh, Seth Manis definitely deserves at least an honorary mention. Oh yeah, because he's first all time in wins, strikeouts, starts at ECU. So I mean, he definitely deserves to be on that. You know, maybe I, I don't even want to put him as a fifth man and using basketball or sixth man <laughs> using basketball terms, but you know, he he definitely deserves an, at least an honorary mention. So, so yeah. Well, Cruz, I just wanted to thank you again for uh, taking some time out of your day. I, I know that. Right now, it's kind of um, a weird time for all of us, but um, thank, thank you again for just taking some time to sit down with us and, and talk, and um, we hope to have you back on. Appreciate having me, having me on. Yep. Well, thanks, Cruz. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Um, Best of luck to you, and uh, stay safe, stay, stay healthy, and uh, – Hope to definitely have you on again sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, see you, Chris. Sounds good. I'll, I'll be well. Yep, see you. So, yeah, that was our interview with Evan Krasinski, former pitcher for ECU baseball. Um, really, really great catching up with him. Taking, And we thank him again for taking some time out of his day. We know that uh, as a professional ball player that his, his time is uh, valuable, even, even in – the times that we're living in now with the coronavirus. But um, thanks again, Cruz. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. Um, we also were, were excited to hear what his uh, his four for Mount Rushmore were. Mm-hmm. Um, and along that, we asked some of you on Twitter um, to send us your voice messages. Um, and with that, we got, we got one back um, from Dan Rosenblum. Um, so why don't we play that? Why don't we play that now? Hey guys, love what you're doing. Dan Rosenblum here at Yes I Am a Pirate on Twitter. A uh, couple guys you got to add to the Mount Rushmore. I'd say Trevor Lawhorn, Seth Manis, and Hell. He never played, but he committed, and we love talking about it. Let's add Mike Trout too. Congrats, guys, and keep it going. Bye. Thank you again to Dan Rosenblum. Um, thanks for sending that in. We're really excited about that. Really happy to have that in our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, if y'all want to do that, we'll post a link a couple times a week on our social media feeds on our Twitter. Um, so be on the lookout for that. We'll uh, we'll be sharing that. So you can send your messages in. Tell us. You can ask us anything. You can ask us a question. You can um, give some feedback or mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you have an idea for something um, that we're going to be talking about on the show, send us that message. Mm-hmm. It'll, if you're lucky, we'll get it played on the show um, on our podcast. So, yeah. Um, Artie, do you have anything else? Yeah, you know, I, I know this was probably our longest episode. Uh, no, not really. Today. No, not it wasn't. I thought it would be. We're, we're almost there. We're, we're right at an hour. Wow. Well, you know, either either way, um, you know, this is this is more of the content that, that we – geared for you know it's obviously given our feedback and given our our two cents but you know doing these interviews getting these former uh you know pirate athletes current pirate athletes coaches staff you know that's that's the whole goal and and that's that's why we're doing what we do so 
Um, you know, we, we love bringing this content to you. Hopefully that is the first of many, 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 many interviews that we do uh, with people. And obviously uh, the call-ins, you know, your feedback, it's absolutely paramount that, that we have that. Um, so we appreciate you. We thank you. And, uh, you know, another, another successful show in the books. So. Yeah, so that that was podcast episode number four for the Boneyard Podcast. Um, you can find us on all of the major platforms. We're still working on getting on Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on getting on iHeart Podcasts. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're on Breaker. We're on um, Anchor. So you can um, find us at any of those places and listen listen to all of our podcasts there. Make sure to leave us a review. Share us with all of your favorite um friends all your best friends all your family share us with your um anybody you know that is a pirate share us we're glad to be doing this we're excited for the future of our podcast uh once again um so yeah um we'll talk to you next week uh we'll be coming to you with our football mount rushmore that should be that should be an interesting that's going to be a very good episode that, let me tell you that's going to be <laughs> let a me tough, talk a lot of information on that that's going to be tough I, I i haven't started doing my research yet but uh i've already got some ideas for some names <sighs> but yeah I'm excited um and we'll we'll be getting some more podcast guests um on here in the in the near future um but with that RDSA We've been here long enough. We, yeah, we can go ahead and cut it. We can go ahead and cut this thing out. Sup dogs back to back, baby. Stay yeah. safe, y'all. We'll, Stay we'll, healthy. We'll, we'll be, uh, we'll, oh, one last thing. Sorry. We'll, we will be trying to work something out with sup dogs uh, in the near future. Um, already kind of been talking to them a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have some more information on that um, as, the, as the time progresses. But, yeah, once again, thank you. Congratulations, sup dogs. Barstool, best bar. Back to back. Um, yeah, have a sub crush on us. All right. All right. Peace out, y'all. Bye.